want to thank you for coming out and joining us on this fourth Sunday of Advent, even though it is very chilly outside.
we encounter God in one specific space, or even more dangerously, that some spaces are off limits to God. Luke's account of Jesus' birth shows us that the love of God has come near in Christ. It has come here, down to earth, and that here can be a variety of spaces. Let's look at the four spaces that we find in the Gospel of Luke. Now, how many of you have a workplace setting where you have to be careful about your display of religion? It's a growing number of people facing those concerns, but the truth is, love, God's love, can be found in our workplace. Verse 15 of the chapter 2 in Luke. It says that, you know, the angels said to what our, when the angels had left and returned, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what had happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So the shepherds, where were they? If you go back to verse 8, it says they were what? Staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. They were where? At work. Right? The shepherds were at work when the amazing news of the birth of the Savior had come to them. And the angels told them what? Oh, you will find him in a palace as befitting the king? No. And it's interesting when you think about it. The angels came to who first? The shepherds, right? In the field. Not a temple, a designated holy place in which you would meet the Lord. But instead, in a trough, in a feeding trough, in a manger. Where animals were. Normally when you have a feeding trough and you have animals, you find them on a farm. Exactly. And so sometimes we get into that mentality that love, God's love, God, Jesus, they don't belong in certain aspects of our lives. But when Jesus was first announced, when he was announced to the shepherds, they came, the angels came to where they were working. Right? So their workplace and said, You shall find the babe in the holiest of holy places where millions go to meet the Lord. No. A babe walked in scrap clothing, scraps of cloth, laying in a feeding trough of manger. Now here's something, and we learned about this last week. Shepherds weren't just the social outcasts. They weren't deviants, as some believe. But they weren't among the socially elite either. In terms of both power and privilege, they were at the very bottom of the row. And yet they were chosen to be the first. They were chosen.
to hear about the Savior's birth. Things that were once mundane became majestic. Things that have been boring have become beautiful. And in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard just as they had been told. After visiting Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, they returned from where they had come. Where did they come from? The fields, right? So they went back to where they originally heard the news. Only now, it was a different kind of space. It wasn't a field where they watched their flocks by the It was the space where they had learned that love had come to earth. That love had come down. That the Messiah had arrived to save them. And so I ask you today, what is your workplace like? Do you expect God to show up there? Does the news of God's love in Jesus reach to your workplace? Does it show in how people act? Does it show in how you act? How might it be different when you remember God's love? find you wherever you are in the midst of whatever you go through. In the middle of where you work. Love is there. Verse 4 through 6 of Luke says that they would find him in a manger, right? If you go to Luke chapter 2, 4 through 6, it talks about where they're going to place him in Bethlehem. Because that's where they, um, that's where Joseph had to go to be registered. And verse 12 says, you'll find him wrapped in clothing and laying in a feeding trough in a manger. Now, when some of us tell the Christmas story, we remember the story of the innkeeper. We said there was what? No room in the inn, and that's why Mary and Joseph ended out in the bar. And sometimes the innkeeper can get a bad rap. I mean, what kind of man isn't willing to displace somebody else so that a pregnant woman can have a good bed? But here's something interesting. Bethlehem was not on any major roads, and it was not likely that there may have even been such a big, big end. It may not even have been a real end to start with, but just somebody who had opened their home to those traveling by. And in fact, sometimes the word in in the scriptures can even be translated to guest room. And so there may have not even been multiple rooms up for grabs. Instead of going to the Hilton, they came to your house. Instead of saying no vacancy, we'd be like, well, we don't have any extra rooms. And their houses were not as big as some of ours, where there weren't so many different living spaces where we could have just thrown a blanket on the living room floor or a pull-out couch. And so, 
the spaces they did have were filled up. And in ancient Near East homes, the families were separated from the animals by being on a separate level for sleeping. It seems that the house where Mary and Joseph had slept was already full of. It wasn't necessarily that they didn't want to displace other people to make room for a pregnant woman. It's just that the house was already overcrowded. All the family had come in. Sometimes we get like that, right? All our family comes in, and we fill up all the beds, and we fill up all the air mattresses, and we fill up all the air couches. And what happens when a family member you didn't expect comes to town? What are you going to do? And this isn't a conventional birth. It's the very lack of convention that makes a sign for the shepherds. And perhaps still remains a sign for us. The unconventional king is still coming into unconventional homes. Could you imagine how much different the Christmas story would be if the story started? With, and then Mary gave birth in the guest room. In a bed. Right? Imagine how much different it would be when the angels were to tell the shepherds, and you'll find him in the guest room. As opposed to grafting claws, swaddled clothes, and laying in a manger. He first came to an unconventional space, an unconventional home, when he is still coming into those places and spaces in our own lives. Have you ever thought of what a perfect home would look like? Your dream house? And have you ever measured your own household against it? Feeling inadequate? We don't have those kind of pressures put upon us from God when we do it to ourselves. But He, He will come into whatever household we will allow. If an overcrowded house can become the birthplace of a king, all the faults and failures of our own homes, its location, its atmosphere, its debt, its stress, aren't reasons that he will come to us. So the question is, is are you welcoming him into your home? Do you expect him there? Do you welcome him there? Does the fact that Jesus was born in an unconventional home Change how you may think of your own home. How might you be able to affirm that sauce? That in your home, love, God's love, is already there. Verses 13 through 14 says that there is a multitude of heavenly hosts of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to the people he favors. The shepherds have left seeing the newborn Jesus lying in a manger. And what did they proceed to do? To tell anyone who would listen, right? Tone. 
glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, right? That's what the angels proclaimed. It was a message that the shepherds took to heart. It was a message in which they felt needed to be shared. Peace on earth is being declared, not just in the hearts and minds of people, but throughout the whole world, right? Peace. Peace that would last forever, that would never end. This testimony of the shepherds about the peace that had come, that would last, it made many people who really listen. Here they were, in a time where the government was not known for bringing peace. But yet each one was. And they were being told that it wasn't the or it wasn't the government officials who would bring it, but instead it was the part of a little baby laying in a manger that would bring them peace. Things that were once attained had taken on a different meaning. The fields where the shepherds had met them. The angels, when they had heard the news, the home, the stable, the farm where Jesus had been born, added new meanings to what home means for us. And the angels' words merely expanded on the truth that God's presence, God's love for us in this world knows no bounds. Paul once said that creation itself longs for redemption. The message of peace knows no bounds, and it's not for some spaces, or it's not for just some spaces, and not for others. It is for the physical space, foreign space, cyberspace, and any other space that you can possibly imagine. There is no qualifier as to where the love cannot be found and will not go when we allow it. So think about it. Knowing that you can encounter the love of Christ, the love of God, in every space in which you may ever move, how does it affect your traveling, watching the news, surfing the internet, reading Facebook, Instagram, your interactions on social media? Does anything change? And should it? And finally, and most importantly, the place that we find love is in the heart. For it is when it is there that it is everywhere. Just imagine, in the midst of this lower level of an overcrowded home, excited shepherds came to see the Jesus. And that is when love entered hearts. Luke tells us that Mary, unlike the shepherds, was quiet and pondered these things in verse 19. Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating upon them. The shepherds 
They went and they expressed it and shared it with everybody because it was where? It had touched their hearts. Mary was storing all of this up in her heart. She was mulling the events, turning them over and over, mixing them together, shaping the narrative of her life and the life of the little babe she was responsible for. And maybe what she was asking for was revelation from God guidance and direction as she realized the extent of the responsibility she had been given. I mean, the angel gave her life onto her and he had told her what would happen. But I wonder what went through her mind when the shepherds first appeared. What was she thinking when they came to her and said, the angels came to us in the fields while we were watching over our flock of the Messiah's birth. I wonder if she thought of anything differently. Did it change some of her perspective? Or did it just bring it home? And as she thought about the extent of what she would, the responsibility she was now given, How did it resonate within her? She stored these things up and treasured them and stored them in her heart to ponder upon them. Her heart was changing. It was developing into understanding that God's love had come. That God's love was here and that God's love was now in her heart. The centrality of love to the Christian life and being like God is essential for us to understand. God's love in the human heart is what makes it possible for love to be central. It's not just Mary's life, but all of our lives. So the question is, is what about your heart? Does God's love change the amount and nature of your love? How might your heart be different? Is God's love fully entrenched, emerged, dwelling within your heart? Or sometimes it is being pushed out. Sometimes are you an innkeeper saying there is no room in the because your heart is so full of other stuff? Are you Fully understanding of the location, the boundless limitations of where God's love can reach, and what it means. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, who waits in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. When they were first thinking about the Messiah, Israelites thought that they would free them from tyranny of the government under Roman rule. 
They were not getting the bigger picture. They were not equating God's love into the equation. But the truth of the matter is, ransoming captive Israel is so much more than just setting us free from governmental oppression. It's about our hearts. It's about us, slaves to sin. But yet, it started with a babe in a manger who would later pay the price for us to be free. Who would ransom us. Ransom our hearts from the captivity of sin, of death, so that we could have eternal and everlasting life. And so we're going to play that song again. And as it does, ask yourself that question. Has God's love been fully revealed to you? Is it in your hearts? Have you welcomed it there? Do you welcome it in your workplace, in your home, in your lives? And finally, is it in your heart? Make those words your prayer. Emmanuel, God with us, God within us, come to us and ransom us and dwell within us. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love that's come down to this earth, that came down to us. And may we feel your love, may we reveal your love to the world around us, in the work, in our home, in our lives. And may it be in our hearts, full and overflowing. We ask these things, Lord. We claim these things. We claim your love in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen.